That Force Radio. That Force Radio is rated M for mature. Or should that be immature? Hey guys, Dustin Wynn. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Paul Dini. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. Listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio, so stay tuned. Welcome back to Bat Force Radio, specifically disapproved by the Comics Code Authority, which is handy because this week's guest is similarly disapproved by the Comics Code Authority. This week, we've got the Grumpler in New York. Yo. And I'm Robin Cross in Canada. And the last time we spoke to this week's guest uh, was back in June of 2019 at the beginning of his Daredevil run, which continues July 13th with a new number one, also continuing with series artist Marco Cicchetto. Uh, since that last talk, we have seen him writing Spider-Man, Stillwater, Devil's Reign, Justice League Last Ride, the currently ongoing Batman the Night, along with many others. He's a busy guy. July 5th, we'll see the release of Batman number 125, the first issue of his run, uh, first run on the main, the main Bat book, along with Jorge Jimenez, Tameo Mori, Belen Ortega, and Luis Guerrero. Welcome back to the show, the new warden of Arkham Asylum. Chip Zdarsky. Oh my god, the new warden. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, you got responsibilities and shit now. <laughs> yeah, don't I know it? Doesn't DC remind me every single day? Uh, the inmates are running the asylum, right? <laughs> it does feel like it, yeah. Usually the best way. But yeah, it's been a long time since uh, we chatted and an yeah. eventful time. Uh, how has life been for Chip? I mean, just. Uh, in the woods always in the woods away from human beings if there's one thing the pandemic cured me of it's human beings <laughs> you've sort of sub subscribed to the horror movie method of story writing you know just move to a place out in the woods and get haunted yeah. well while you write stories yeah kind of yeah it's very surreal just because like um we bounce back and forth I'm in British Columbia right now, bounce back and forth between uh, here and Ontario. Uh, but most of our times in BC and like, so I don't actually see comics. Like it's a very weird experience because I'll just work on all these comics and then I, I just, I'll never see a single comic that I've worked on or otherwise for months and months <laughs> on end until I go back to my home in Toronto, which there's like uh, thousands of boxes of uh, comp comics. So, yeah, it's a very weird experience. Yeah, you can't argue with the results of getting away from the you know, noise of society uh, helps you get the work done. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure what Scott Snyder did uh, years ago was I think he just bought a forest to live in and, <laughs> yeah. and, and built, yeah. a, built a big house yeah. there. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't quite have Scott Snyder money yet. Yet, but that, you know, maybe now uh, doing the main Batman book. 
Yeah, yeah, Bruce doesn't have Scott Snyder money either. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Bruce I, I, wishes he has Scott Snyder money. <laughs> yeah, he'd uh, own a forest too. Uh, I wanted to, the first thing that I wanted to ask, so before word came to any of us anyway that you were taking over on the main Batman title, you had already been writing uh, the, I believe it's a 10 issue uh, story, Batman the Night. Mm -hmm. So for anyone who doesn't already know, Batman the Night is telling a story that we all know happened, but no one... as far as I remember, no one has ever written it before. So we know that young Bruce Wayne left Gotham and spent years traveling the world, training to be able to eventually create Batman. So we're now seeing uh, these years that he spent traveling the world. We see him meeting these, these mentors who trained him to be the best in the world at everything because they were the best in the world at those things. So, how did that book come about and did uh, the quality of what you were turning into DC play into you being handed the reins of the main book? Yeah. I mean, I think it all, uh, I think there were a bunch of factors into why they chose me to do this job, but, um, um, but, but I mean, the reason the book exists is I think they had the same thought you had, which was that nobody had actually, um, covered this ground in depth before like like there have been periods over batman's history where there have been stories about like old masters coming back to you know uh wreak havoc on his life or you know um you know a couple of them showed up in the night like henri ducard um the manhunter um and uh, master karigi who taught him most of his martial arts um those characters have kind of popped up over the years but there hasn't been like one consistent story that really kind of delved into that period. So once DC realized that, they're like, "Oh my God, there's a there's a there's a bit of Batman lore that we haven't thoroughly explored. We better <laughs> we better get a book going right away." Um, and at that point, I had been working on the Batman Urban Legends yeah. title. Um, I'd, I'd had a few issues under my belt um, working with the kind of the Batman office. And they were really happy working with me, and I was really happy working with them. And uh, um, it was a ton of fun. And so, uh, so they thought, you know, hey, maybe maybe Chip would want to do this. And so I, I, I pitched them the series. They didn't know how long they wanted it to be. And I said, well, you know, if we're hitting like kind of a master every one or two uh, issues, then we kind of need this to be big, extensive. Um, so I pitched the, the 10 issue series and plotted it all out. And, um, yeah, like because of the pandemic, I, I started working on that kind of at the beginning of the pandemic, if I recall. Um, and, uh, and I was really focused on it. Like I got a lot of issues done. We had a lot of issues under our belt. I think we already had like five of them fully illustrated and lettered, um, before the solicitation hit for issue one. Um, uh, right now the, the artist is working on issue 10 Carmine. Um, so yeah, I mean, we were, we were really ahead of the game and, uh, um, I have, I have a thing, I think because 
I started off mostly as an artist because I was the artist on Sex Criminals with Matt Fraction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I know uh, I know what it's like. <laughs> I'm not throwing Matt under the bus here, but uh, I know what it's like to not have a script on time. Yeah. Um, and it's 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 a little scary because as an artist, it's your only gig. And so um, so on that book, like I always made sure to stay ahead of Carmine, who was super fast. That guy is super fast. Like the only person I've worked with who's faster is Mark Bagley. And I don't think there's anyone faster than him. Uh, so Carmine was turning an amazing art and at such a, a massive speed. The 30 page issues that um, I was constantly just like kind of trying to keep up with him. So I think the Batman office, uh, they really liked the book uh, and they really liked Batman Urban Legends, but they, I think, especially liked the fact that I was doing it all on time. <laughs> the fact mm. that I was keeping up with the artist. And also, um, sorry to go on, but like, also they liked the fact that like Carmine's a great artist. Yeah. Um, but I think something about the two of us working together, I, I could kind of speak his language a little bit with the artwork and uh and shape him i don't want to take any credit for his actual work because his work's <laughs> amazing with or without me but um i think my kind of art direction on the stuff um uh maybe helped him kind of hit a different level on the book um and uh and the pages he was turning it was kind of doing the same for me it was helping kind of raise my game as a writer so we really helped each other that way so i think i think dc really kind of took note of that um uh the fact that i you know i generally do okay work i work well with artists uh i do the work on time so uh so that that ended up giving me the call yeah uh, the the night is uh it's been a great uh gateway book like for someone like me uh cool. being in a position that i can steer people to a batman book particularly people who aren't even reading a batman book you know sometimes someone yeah. will come into into the shop and they're reading you know whatever there are a lot of people that don't read any superhero comics and you know they're yeah. just reading like uh, indie stuff you know reading a lot of image books and boom you know a lot of horror things and sometimes people people will come in and say hey i saw the batman movie that that just came out and realize that i've never touched a batman comic uh, what mm. should i check out and the night has been a great thing to put them on because they don't need to know anything prior other than you know they what they already know about batman you yeah. know like they, they don't need to know what's going on in the current continuity yada yada you can just give them this thing and like well as a matter of fact there's a, a batman story going right now that has never been told before yeah yeah that was the hope i mean um you know, I, when the eventual collection comes out, I think it's going to be a, like a, a decent collection that kind of stands on its own. You know, some people might be a little disappointed that they get handed a Batman book and halfway through they're just like, wait, where the, where the fuck's Batman? You didn't wear the suit once. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Spoilers. Um, uh, but but I'm, I'm hoping that the story itself is interesting enough to, you know, have people overlook that fact uh yeah it, it's like it's an interesting challenge because like you don't want to ever think like oh you know this will be like a book that stands the test of time on shelves next to year one and the dark knight returns um because we'll never even touch the coattails of those but um but i like the fact that it's it's its own thing you can just read it and there's not a to be continued um at the end of it yeah um, yeah 
I I hate to say I didn't even know that book existed <laughs> until Damn, right now. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So. You you but to to be fair to Grumps, uh he has uh lived in an area that was uh, a dangerous place during the pandemic and uh, I know you haven't been uh, hitting shops a lot. No, I uh you know when the pandemic started I switched to digital and uh yeah. there Same. are you know so many little batman books and minis and stories and there's there's a lot going on so i kind of just uh i was telling robin last night i kind of just whittled down to batman detective nightwing and robin and yeah let let the rest um go but i have it um on my comicsology right now so uh, i'm going to buy it tonight uh, after we're done and i'll check it out sweet sweet yeah like it's not done yet so um you know, maybe uh, maybe there'll be a collection in the future that you might want to check out. Mm. Yeah. So uh, a, a little bit of spoiler for Grumps and anyone else who hasn't yeah, been reading yeah. uh, the book so far. But uh, the, there's a character that we meet and Bruce meets in this book uh, named mm-hmm. Anton. Yeah. And uh, this becomes, uh, you know, someone that Bruce uh, develops uh, a relationship with uh, as he's going through his training. And when the i guess info started coming out about what your batman run was going to be and we started hearing about failsafe and everyone yeah, was yeah. wondering who's failsafe like ooh i wonder if anton is is going to be failsafe so you're asking me that no 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 well, <laughs> well i I, 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 I know i know now you know having having read 125 now and well actually when i saw the uh Jorge's uh, yeah, yeah. failsafe variant for for one twenty five. I, I knew at that point. Oh, yeah, that's not Anton. You know, but, I would uh, like to, I, I would like to say that was a masterful bit of misdirection on my part, but um, uh, it turns out I'm just a bad writer because Anton is Ghostmaker. Like yeah. it's always been Ghostmaker because yeah. um, that was also part of the thing with creating Batman the Night, which was uh, James and Batman had kind of added this new element to Bruce's journey. Uh, uh, which was the fact that Ghostmaker was along with him for a lot of it. So mm-hmm. the idea that I wouldn't touch that is, doesn't make a lot of sense. So, um, so yeah, I threw in this character and uh, gave him the fake name of Anton. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I saw, yeah, I've well, seen a few people. A few yeah. people be like, "Oh, is that is that is that failsafe? Who is this? Who is this but mysterious I, man?" I I wouldn't say that it's bad writing. Uh, it was more, uh, uh, at least on my part. A suspicion that maybe that was uh like a misdirect like yeah because yeah. you know the the consensus was like oh okay he that's uh this is a, a young version of Ghostmaker that you know yeah this is where where bruce originally met him but yeah. it just i just got suspicious like hmm maybe yeah. we're being faked out and this yeah, is going to be who this fail safe is it's super funny because also a lot of people were asking like um like, does Batman the Night tie into your Batman run? Like, uh, and I think that's a lot of people like kind of sniffing around to see if like any characters introduced there are going to be big in the Batman run because then those issues become speculator things and stuff. Um, and really, I mean, I'd written all of Batman the Night before uh, I was offered Batman, so so I mean, it, it wouldn't be the case. I might revisit some of those characters later on. But there was never like a, all right, we'll start it here and we'll continue it there. Um, there's never any of that. And also DC really likes to um, 
proudly promote the first appearance of a new character because that drives up that uh, that collector speculator side of things. Yeah, which you know, uh, you, you take it or leave it. It's part of the business. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't think they would like uh, hide that fact. <laughs> which you know, yeah. I mean, like it's funny because like I at Marvel, they're the same. But also, depending on the title you're on, they'll let you get away with stuff like that. Like, you know, I didn't reveal that Elektra was going to be Daredevil uh, in issue 25. Uh, and I, I managed to convince Marvel to not let anyone know either and to not even tease it. Like, I didn't want anything like, you know, their usual silhouetted figures like, oh, who's the new Daredevil? Yeah. Um, I wanted to be a surprise for readers. I always wanted to be a surprise for readers. And even like the failsafe stuff was like... Um, there's no big secret there, but I just don't want, like, I didn't want all the press to be just like pictures of that yeah. character. I want people to turn that last page and go, Oh, that looks, this is my first time seeing that the way it should be. And it looks really cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's always a struggle. That's always a bit of back and forth with DC. You know, sometimes I have to like, all right, you guys can tease this cause I know it'll help sales, but I, I try to hold on to as much of that as possible. Cause I, you know, First and foremost, uh, I want the readers to enjoy the book. Yeah, I, I do miss the days of things being a surprise. Uh, like I, I don't think they've really turned back towards that. Like I, the first one I can remember, you know, outside of things like the death of Superman, obviously, the, yeah. the first time I remember that being a big thing where they really promoted an event like the week or two before it happened was uh, when Grant Morrison killed Damien in Batman Incorporated. Yeah. And, you know, like that, that was all from like, Oh, well, great. Now I already know what's going <laughs> to happen in that issue. And yeah, yeah you're right. It, it, it happens with first appearances and, and all that kind of shit. But it, it also does a thing where like when it, when they tease out everything, um, then when someone finally goes to read it with all that knowledge, they're just reading, but like, well, yeah, I could see that. I, I would have seen that coming. I would have yeah. seen that coming too. Like they, they kind of have this artificial like omnipotence while reading it and then uh, being dismissive of it. Um, like I, I don't, yeah, like I don't tend to read Twitter or the news sites or stuff. Cause even as myself as a reader, I don't necessarily want this stuff spoiled. Like I don't, I don't know what percentage of comic readers do that. Um, you know, you see it all online, but it's like, how many people are just going into the shop and going like, Oh, I've got Batman in my pool. I can't wait to read Batman. I know nothing what's happening in this issue. Um, yeah. Cause I loved that as a kid. Like, that was, like yeah. some of my favorite things was going to a comic shop, buying the comic. And like, like the only hint at what was coming was whatever the next issue blurb was the yeah. month before. Yeah. I yeah, specifically, I, uh, excuse me. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. I just, but I specifically remember being a kid and going to the, uh, the newspaper store or whatever in the 80s and uh, you know when Jason Todd first came around that was like well, you know, there's a new Robin like what who is yeah. this kid and and uh, also when uh, Dick Grayson and uh, Wally West quit uh, yeah. being superheroes briefly in new team and that was you know it was just on the newsstand there that was it there was no yeah. no press no nothing you just picked up the book and you were immediately blown away by the cover or you know the, the actual story you got from this <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's 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 a great way to experience stuff and like I don't know, I've, got, I've got a buddy who uh um he's like an old school marvel fan 
loves comics, loves toys, all of it. And um, he's so good at not seeing trailers or learning anything about any of the movies before they come out. Like he managed to go see um, Captain America Civil War, not knowing that Spider-Man was in it. Oh, wow. Wow. Like, how awesome is that? How awesome was it for him to just yeah. be sitting in the theater when all of a sudden, like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, that's so cool. Like, I love that he's able to do that. I wish we could just do that for uh, for everything. But, you know, we, we need to fill our days, and we fill our days with just constantly refreshing these things just to see, like, what new thing to be upset about or, you know, <laughs> new tease for a thing to look forward to. And when we finally see it, it's like, oh, yeah, it's all right, I guess. Yeah, the the internet really took away the element of surprise for a lot of things. Like my my favorite example of that is the movie Seven. Mm. So when you went to see the movie Seven, you had no idea who John Doe was, you know, what he looked like, anything, because yeah. none of the promotion for that movie, they didn't tell you Kevin Spacey was in it. He wasn't on the poster. He wasn't in the the, the credits or anything. They yeah. didn't say a word, and there was no internet to spoil that. There, there weren't drones recording at the filming locations <laughs> yeah. and, and all that. Yeah. So you had no idea, yeah. And that that never happens now. No, yeah. no, it really doesn't. Yeah, and you can't even you can't even avoid it. Like I don't know. Like I, I didn't see the new Spider-Man movie until <laughs> very recently, and you know I knew everything and every character that showed up in it i wasn't even searching it out i wasn't clicking links just by virtue of existing online uh you you get it all so yeah i mean i i I try my best with especially with batman um and daredevil being the two ongoings to to make sure that like as much as humanly possible things don't get spoiled and it's 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 tricky especially with you know the way things ship like a daredevil uh the electra thing we managed to hide it until the day before it yeah. broke on a, a new site and like fail safe. Like it, it was like, um, like a, a week people just start getting their copies cause they shipped a week early. And it's like, okay, well, you know, there are scans and stuff going around and like, there's not a lot you can do about it. And, you know, people will also just be like, oh, okay, I know exactly what this means. And they'll be upset about a thing that isn't true. And you're just like, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, somehow I didn't, aside from, you know, getting our shipment in at the shop, yeah. I didn't see anything online showing uh, the image of, I think the only image going around of Failsafe was Jorge's variant. And I didn't see that until like, I don't know, two days ago. I think I saw it pop up. Uh, Yeah, like a week ago, maybe when we got our shipment in, I took a picture of all the uh, variants. Yeah. I put that up on Twitter. Uh, You know, Jorge retweeted it, but I I purposely covered yeah. up the failsafe variant because I didn't yeah. want to contribute to spoilers. You know, I don't, I don't want other people to, to not unnecessarily go in already knowing who the character is going to be. Yeah, exactly. And there's like, a, there's a cliffhanger in the next issue that I'm just like, you know, if people see the splash page, like it's going to get around. So, you know, my, all I can do is just like post in my newsletter and say, don't, don't go to certain sites and don't like, don't search this stuff out. Just enjoy the book on its own, but we'll see. Now, uh, by the time you, when we put this episode up, it will be the day that the book goes on sale. Though we'll be yeah. putting this up Tuesday when when the book's out, so we can go spoilers yeah, here yeah. Uh, if if you want to. Uh, yeah, of course, just uh, talk about what you uh, chose to do with your first issue and uh, exactly what uh, what we're getting into here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go for it. Ask so, a question. Cool. So uh, 
I've got uh, the physical copy in front of me here. So for anyone who you know doesn't already know the status quo, we uh, alluded to it earlier. Bruce Wayne isn't a billionaire. He's just kind of living in a house now, which essentially it seems like a, he just lives in what is now the Batcave. You know, he just has all the shit there and that's his house uh, for the most part. So he's just full-time Batman. Uh, so you introduce us, uh, to Batman in this situation and he is what we believe, uh, going after Penguin here as someone has been, uh, fulfilling a promise to murder anyone who has over X amount of dollars that they inherited from family if they weren't, uh, kind of self-made because Penguin is, a really propping himself up as a self-made man even yeah, though yeah. he similarly inherited his his parents fortune yeah yeah i mean that's usually the case with like the, the self-made you know people it's like oh hey look at elon musk he's so self-made i'm like oh yeah didn't his like dad own a diamond mine or something <laughs> like, yeah. yeah but he only gave him a billion dollars to start off with exactly exactly <laughs> so uh what uh what you're going to tell this story better than uh, better than I can do here. Uh, so, what were you uh, setting us up uh, for Penguin here, as, as Bruce believes that he's going after uh, after Penguin? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of wanted to give Bruce a bit of a blind spot. Like uh, towards the end, Penguin talks about like you know the the friend of Bruce's that's murdered, and Bruce is like he's a good man, and Penguin's like I I saw him at the club. Like you don't see that, like because you hang with the rich people. But it's the people underneath that deal with the rich people that get to see the real versions of those of those characters. Um, and you know, I, I wanted to highlight that Bruce isn't in that club necessarily anymore. Um, that he's you know he's starting off from a, a slightly lower footing thanks to what uh, what James did by removing his billions um, uh, previously. Uh, also, a lot of this was just to have an excuse to have um, have Bruce Wayne pop up in the comic again as as like an identity because uh you know i i love uh james's run um but there wasn't a lot of bruce wayne in it like it was it was very much a batman book whereas batman go 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 and i think i I take a lot of delight in uh in doing the the bruce wayne fake uh playboy billionaire kind of shtick so i thought there'd be some interesting tension with the penguin and Bruce and Bruce's past and where we want to put Bruce in the future. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a lot of fun. And I, I would already like to see the someone, whether it's McFarlane, whoever make either a figure or a statue of Bruce as he's attending this party. But when, you know, when, when shit starts to go down and he has to get into Batman mode, he takes off the blazer and the tie and puts on the cowl and the utility belt. So he's yeah, in yeah. like his dress pants and the dress shirt with the <laughs> cowl and uh, and the utility belt. That's just a cool look. It's so yeah. funny because like, we we did that because the um uh and this was before Neil Adams passed away. But mm. as I was writing, I was just like, oh, like you need that kind of like the, the 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 Neil Adams kind of Batman moment where it's like you know Batman where he had his like shirt off in the desert, you know, fighting uh, mm. Razor Ghoul. Uh, like that's just a, such an iconic look, just kind of tweaking Batman in a kind of a sexy way. 
and like uh, yeah i knew jorge would draw the hell out of it so just the idea of like a, a dress shirt and slacks but like the batman mask utility belt i knew that would look really really cool my um my my takeaway from the new status quo um is what i noticed throughout the book was there's a a, a panel here where bruce is getting the utility belt from tim through a, a, a drop ceiling and then, you know, just like what Robin said, you know, he puts on the cowl and the belt and he's got his, you know, shirt on and everything. This is not, you know, typical Bruce who has the suit underneath and, yeah. you know, he's already prepared. This is a new, like, all right, fuck it. I got to put the mask and the belt on and go. I don't have yeah. time to get dressed. <laughs> you know, yeah. he doesn't have Alfred to, you know, bring his little suitcase or whatever. Yeah, exactly. He wanted, he just needed the bare minimum to be Batman in that yeah. scenario. Um, yeah, that's that's exactly right. Uh, yeah, like James taking away his billions, I thought was like a really cool moment. Um, and we just want to kind of like dig in a bit more in this run as to what that looks like, because kind of kind of the danger, especially with the way Jorge draws, because Jorge draws Gotham and uh, Batman and all of his toys, just like so high tech and beautiful and gleaming, and uh, Tomo like colors it in 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 a similar manner. Um, so it's hard to make it feel like he's lost all that money when he's still driving just the coolest looking Batmobile around and he's in the coolest outfit. Um, so there, there's always, I think there's opportunity for these kind of subtle moments where it's like, oh yeah, like this is just a guy in a bat mask, you know, fighting crime. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it, it's a cool look at Bruce because the the common phrase that people like to say about batman is that his superpower is being rich but yeah. uh you know a, a scenario like this where we're seeing him without uh all those riches is showing well no his uh yeah he, he has other abilities then yeah it's funny one. i feel like the, the his superpower is being rich that applies almost more to the movies than i think it does the comics mm -hmm. um, and partly it's because the comics can go a bit more fantastical with it like they can be like oh yeah like you know, uh, Bruce Wayne as Batman knows every language, right? He knows every every bit of science. He knows mm -hmm. every bit of history. Like there's there's nothing he hasn't planned for. Whereas like like Christian Bale, you never felt that way watching those movies. Yeah. Like like he was, you know, if it wasn't for that suit and the car and the money, like he would be dead. <laughs> he, he trained, but he wasn't necessarily the best in the world at everything. Yeah. Um, and you know Robert Pattinson clearly isn't uh, too. Um, Michael Keaton never was. So it's like th those versions. The superpower is the wealth, uh, whereas here the superpower is he's the best. Like he's the best at everything in the comics. Yeah. Hmm. He even says, "I can't afford the luxury, Tim." <laughs> yeah, he can't. He can't afford yeah. any luxuries. <laughs> yeah. So we, uh, Bruce is attending this party uh, where he believes he's he's stopping Penguin there. But as we yeah. find out, it's not actually Penguin; it's Clayface there. And when shit goes down, and you know, we find out that he had the drop on Clayface already from uh, a previous meeting. Yeah. In the uh, commotion of everything, uh, Tim is pretty badly injured.
so that leads us into uh we've got Bruce now has to get Tim help, you know, doesn't have time to uh to bring him to Leslie or you know the 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 usual uh ideas and we see him having those flashbacks of what happened to Jason and well do I give everything up, you know, reveal who all of us are taking him into the hospital and he has to uh make a decision there and from there, you pulled a fast one on us after we see him uh, arriving at the hospital. Yeah. We cut to him being in someone's hospital room. Uh, we see him, you know, lurking in the dark there uh, as he does. But uh, that's where we find out he's not exactly where we thought he was. Yeah. Yeah. So now he is visiting actual Penguin, and we find out that Penguin is in the hospital. He's, he's basically uh, already dying. Yeah. Yeah. It's so uh, that was, uh, I guess, uh, w- would you say that the, the idea was that this was why Penguin was uh, taking out all these other people because, you know, he, he was going to die, so he's not going to let all these other rich people uh, keep going on being rich people? Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's exactly it. It's like if, if I'm going down, I'm taking all of you with me. Um yeah, yeah. There, there's also there's a certain sense among someone who's dying, which is like, why me? Why not everyone else? Why not? Why not? You know, why do pieces of pieces of garbage get to live and uh, and I don't? Um, there's a certain like life isn't fair uh, quality, I think, to someone facing their mortality. Um, so of course, Penguin, being you know the prick that he is, uh, uh, decides to uh, take all those. Uh, the, the the wealthy elites who um, didn't look like him um, uh, that that coasted on their money and their you know their relatively human looks uh, in some cases good looks uh, and uh, and if he can do that and take Batman down at the same time so why not and yeah as far as taking Batman out we we see that Batman sort of walked into a trap coming into this room to to talk to him as a Penguin uh, pulls out what uh, what Batman assumes to be a cyanide pill and uh, does himself in, which is yeah. obviously framing Batman as the nurse comes in to hear why, to, to see what's happening, why Penguin's flatlining and finds Batman in the room with the dead Penguin. Yeah. How yeah. did that conversation happen? Like, I want to kill like, the Penguin. Um. I mean, <laughs> it was complicated slightly <laughs> by the fact that Colin Farrell is being uh, the Penguin uh, in a new HBO show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, I, you know, I, I, I talked to him. I'm just like, look, you know, I kind of it, – it helps the story. It sets up everything that comes, um, and I could switch it to another character. Um, but the heart of this is that kind of the displays of wealth. Like we're dealing with Bruce – uh, being down a step in terms of wealth, um, bringing back the Bruce Wayne persona, you know, Penguin's inherited wealth, and you know that kind of modern idea of like, you know, the self-made billionaire. Um, it all it all made sense to have it be Penguin. So I could I could try and make it someone else, but um, but I don't think it would work for the story as well. So and you know, on. those they, are conversations. They... And and they let Tom kill Alfred, so why not oh, let you uh, take oh. out Penguin? <laughs> Don't, get me, that one. <laughs> Don't yeah. get me started. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll do my best to bring him back, but I don't know if it's happening, guys. 
Mm-hmm. I guess well. I guess it had to have a, a be a major character for it to have an impact on the story. Yeah, it's 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 tricky because like uh, all these characters come back. That's the other thing, right? Like I'd imagine the writer after me is going to bring Penguin back. Um, uh, hopefully, hopefully this that doesn't happen super soon. Um, mm. And so, and someone at some point is probably going to bring Alfred back. Um, because they all come back. Like that's the thing with these stories, with these characters that have been around eighty years. Um, there's no such thing as permanent. Um, you know, uh, Jonathan Hickman upended that with his um, his X Men relaunch, like House of X, Powers of Ten. Like he just leaned into it. He's like, yeah, these characters always come back. So why 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 isn't that our story? Um, which oh, it's, I thought it was a super fresh, interesting take on it. Um, so yeah, it's like yeah. I needed I needed the impact, and it wasn't even as much the emotional impact of the penguin dying because I don't think there's a lot of hardcore penguin people out there. Like I don't, I don't think there's a lot of people with like full penguin tattoos. They're just like, oh, penguins, this is gonna be my favorite Batman issue ever. And then like, no, but I patterned myself after this guy. Um, but for the for the story, I think it makes a lot of sense and it sets up um, failsafe. Okay. Yeah, we, we, we see after that, uh, now Bruce as, is at kind of a new rock bottom. Uh, you know, he's not only is he in the state that he was already in, but now he's been uh, set up to look like a murderer. And even though he, you know, points out that it's helped him, uh, criminals are more afraid of him now that they, uh, they think that he killed Penguin. Yeah. Uh, it You can tell that he, he really is at a new rock bottom being seen as a you know, something he hates so much now. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and like he's clearly like he's clearly having difficulties throughout this. Like it starts off with the the three Joker nightmare and like him feeling kind of unsettled, and even by the end, he's just like he's got that itch in his brain. He's lost. Like there's something there's something not right. Um, and whether it's just the fact he's been being Batman twenty four seven and not Bruce Wayne, because uh, you can't go full throttle all the time, even if you are Batman. Or if there's something deeper happening uh, to him, which you know we'll uh, get into at some point. I didn't. I didn't get to mention, but um, page one was mm-hmm. fascinating to me because it's yeah. it's literally everything we know and love. It's the classic cave and the penny and the Joker card and Alfred. Yeah. And, yeah. and that I think page, page two or three that you're back in the real world, like. The rug is pulled out from. No, it's not happening. We're, yeah. <laughs> we're in the yeah, status yeah. quo. Yeah, yeah and, and and that um, page one also has uh, a sort of uh, page one shows what we end up with on what well, I guess the second last page mm-hmm. with that uh, beeping oh, in the darkness. Okay. Yeah, yeah, all full circle. Yeah, so we um, we come around to a to that beeping happening in the abandoned Batcave that's all very uh very nicely covered in webs and dirt. And, yeah, yeah. In disrepair, and then something happens, and yeah. now we've got you know the reveal so on the final page. The big question is: Is failsafe Alfred? Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> or is that a misdirect? I don't even know mm. anymore. So yeah, a failsafe is basically uh, what appears to be a robot, but it is actually just there to make 
spruce sandwiches and uh... <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was the big twist it's, he'll say bust out looks at the cobwebs and just starts dusting them <laughs> just cleans the place up oh, uh, it's not too it's not too late i can i can redo issue 126 there we go yeah you got you got a well, a, a month yeah <laughs> yeah that's how <laughs> comics work <laughs> yeah <laughs> I wanted to briefly touch on the scene with uh, Bruce and Tim in the Batmobile when he's, you know, uh, Tim has been shot. And uh, yeah. this was my favorite part of the book. Um, yeah. Because, you know, Bruce is talking to himself and is revisiting the whole Jason Todd situation. Mm-hmm. And he, he says, a different time, a different soldier. And it's yeah. it's to me, that is so Batman, it's so Bruce Wayne. He's just—they're all just soldiers to him. And um, at the end, he goes the mission, the damn mission. And that was interesting because you think you're reading this, and oh yeah, Bruce is—you know—he's going to be by Tim's side, and not the next page. He's in costume and he's back to work. And that's just for me. It's just typical Batman. That's exactly who he is. Yeah, yeah, and like uh, that's the big question. I think probably through most of my run, uh, at least what I've got planned out is, um, can he keep doing this? Like he can do it himself, but he, can he keep allowing others to kind of be a part of his one man war? Like it's no longer yeah. a one man war, especially you know him calling him you know a different soldier. Um, yeah. You know that's that's super specific because it's like oh yeah like. Like then he's the general, right? Yeah. And uh, is that is that what he was meant to be? Um, uh, yeah, yeah. There's there's yeah. There's a scene with him and Tim in, in the next issue that I'm, I'm super happy with, especially with the way Jorge drew it. Um, that goes a bit more into that kind of that mindset uh, mm. and whether or not it's right. Um, and and a lot of it is kind of based too on just like. You know, in in Tim Drake's story, you know, over the past year or so, you know, he's come out yes. and he's starting to realize who he is. And um, the first step towards becoming happy is figuring out who you are, especially as big a part as his sexuality. Um, so that's the other question. Is there such a thing as a happy soldier? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's that's going to be a question that that's raised between Tim and Batman and the rest of the Bat family. It's, a, it's it was just such such a good moment because even Tim is you know he's he's got one foot in the grave in the car and he's like yeah you know you lose everything blah 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 and like, mm-hmm. he's a uh, that's that's to me it spoke to why a lot of people feel he was the best Robin or their favorite Robin because yeah he's um, yeah. He's, I mean, he's a Robin that chose to do it. Yeah, like yeah. that. That 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 worked on his own, figured it all out. He's the detective. Like he's, if anyone, you know, I'm not, not to say deserves to be Robin, but like I think I think Tim's it. Like you know, maybe you and I are kind of a similar age. Like I was around when Jason Todd first showed up. Yeah. So I I I read it all through the Jason Todd era, and then, um, you know, I didn't call in to the number to, to, kill, <laughs> to kill or save him. But I was also, I was like, I was really into Batman once um, uh, they introduced Tim Drake. Like that was, that was, that was big for me as a reader, like watching that process and seeing Batman yeah. go really dark and being like, Tim 
Tim sussing it out and, and realizing, oh, Batman needs a Robin. Um, I thought that was like a super important uh, um, observation by the uh, by DC editorial and the creative teams and, and how they made it happen and how they kept him as his own character um, and still still gave us like kind of solo Batman stories. But, you know, yeah, Tim, Tim would pop up once in a while and be his Robin. Like uh, I thought, I thought that was a really sweet spot, and it's just a great suit design, which I think Neil Adams actually designed too. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes, it did. yeah. yeah. I, I still have. Uh, they did a one of the issues had a, uh, I think is a two or four page pullout poster of yeah. Neil's design. I still have that on my wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I pulled that out. Yeah, that was yeah. great. Um, it's a great design. Also, like oh, at the time, like like Norm Brayfogle drawing that costume was so oh, good man. so good i loved his work so much yeah it was it was really awesome and i loved his solo series at the time too like lady shiva and all that like it was oh, great yeah yeah and, yeah, and i loved there's it's no uh nothing against any of the other robins too like I'm a, I'm a big damian wayne fan like i thought when grant morrison did that like that was really awesome which again was like a which was like a new take on that 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 kind of character. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm big into Damien. Um, I probably would have included him more here if I didn't know that uh, DC already had plans for Damien. Yeah. So yeah, for for all that history of of Tim to take us to this point here where he is putting the mission before himself and. I like the implication of Bruce's last sentence as he's carrying Tim to the hospital. He says the damned mission, you know, so that, that reflects that, you know, he he doesn't love what the mission makes him do. Yeah. And it's not even just like him. I think, I think it actually has less to do with Batman. Like, I think, I think at this point in his career, like Batman would have been willing to just go in there and be like, here he is. Like, yeah, okay. I'm Bruce Wayne, but um, you got to save his life. Uh, but like th- that identity like touches everything. Like you can reveal like Superman and Clark Kent and that uh, does affect characters around or like with Daredevil, Matt Murdock. Um, but like, but it blows the secret identities of so many other people. <laughs> like, yeah. once, once you kind of piece together, like, oh, Bruce Wayne's Batman. Well, that means this character's this, and this is that, and this is this. And what has he been paying the Justice League all these years? Like, what's going on? <laughs> like, like uh, that's a that's a much bigger thing to kind of unravel. Yeah, um, and uh, it's like... it's 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 sort of an uh, an interesting aspect in uh, Tom Taylor's Superman right now. Where you know everyone knows who Clark is, everyone knows who who John is and who Lois is, and the steps that we see the Justice League and everyone else having to take to protect all of those people in their lives, like you know yeah. they have to protect the Kents and all this stuff, you know, all the complications that come with uh, their identity being out there. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and like. You know, Superman doesn't have many X's. Batman has a lot of X's. Like, you know, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, they're all in danger. Like, it's, yeah, it's definitely uh, the dominoes are. Uh, there are more dominoes if Batman's identity gets revealed. So, yeah. And this, this, um, I don't know what page it is. I'm sorry, but it's uh, interaction with Bruce and Barbara or Oracle. 
I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a very good conversation here. Cool, thanks. Yeah, that's uh, after uh, the penguin death, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah that, that, that was where he mentions that uh, it's it's made the uh, the criminals afraid of him. She's, she asks him, sure, you know, you're holding up with the whole, and then he answers, Batman is a murderer talk. Yeah. And then he says, uh, I'm fine. And he thinks to himself, I'm not. You know, he, he goes on. And then the next thing she says after her initial question was, you, have, you haven't visited Tim in the hospital. Yeah. 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 Doesn't want to see the repercussions. Yeah. 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 Of the damn mission. Yep. Yeah, he's a. I mean, look, I think we all know it because you guys are clearly Batman fans. He's a fun character. Like, <laughs> um, and you know, uh, when I got the job, uh, Mark Wade sent me a congratulatory email in which, uh, in the email, he stated that uh, Batman is the fictional character who's had the most stories written about him throughout history. Um, um, so good luck with that. <laughs> like, oh, oh, fuck you, Mark Wade. But um, but yeah, even with all the stories told, like there's still I still think there's a lot more you can kind of explore uh, with the character, which has been a fun yeah. challenge too. You know. Yeah, yeah there there are still uh, obviously what we're seeing here. There are still places he can be taken that uh, he hasn't been exactly taken to before. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't Grant Morrison said it was I don't know in Super Gods or, or somewhere he said you you could like literally take this character and put him in any such like a western out of space or, Yeah. You know. I mean yeah, I mean, uh the return of uh Bruce Wayne like that was that was the mini after like you know Batman yeah. RIP and Final yeah. Crisis. Yeah, we um, where time. where he did put him through all these different time periods, and yeah, like yeah. it works everywhere. Yeah. Batman as a caveman works. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird, but it's true. So that this is our first taste of your run on the main Bat title. If you were to tell people what to expect. Uh, getting into your run, uh, what what would that be? Oh man! Well, I mean, I hope I hope it's kind of like you know, not to be cheesy. Expect the unexpected, but um, <laughs> uh, I want to keep people surprised, and uh, I want to keep the momentum going. Like next issue, one twenty six is so action packed uh, and gorgeous. Like I can't say enough about Jorge and Tomo's uh, work on this. Like they are just killing it. And uh, yeah, yeah. Basically, this first arc is like it's, it's definitely the most nonstop thing I've ever done. Like, I didn't want to like slowly kind of dip my toe in and do this like really kind of slow, drawn out kind of Batman story. I wanted it to be like, oh no, this is like big. It's the biggest. Like, let's let's uh, let's 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 do the race. Um, so that's that's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what else to say really about where we're going we're we're going big uh we're trying new things and uh giving it our best so chip when i see failsafe on this uh on the final page of the main story i alfred yes first um first thing i think of is is brother i i don't know if you're familiar with with that character yeah okay yeah i I recall him 
I, oh, okay. I, re- I refuse to comment, but I, I recall it. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Uh, that's, that's, that's fair. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. Failsafe, I mean, the failsafe stuff will get explained pretty quickly, but um, yeah, for now, I'm staying mum, except for the fact that I love the design of it. Okay. It's badass. That's also been fun, too. Like, we've managed to, like, uh, create a, a few new characters. Um so far with with the run on the issues that we've completed and that's always a blast being able to kind of introduce new elements to kind of the batman mythos uh another fun thing is um i'm writing all the backups yeah uh so uh i'm I'm really making sure that the backups tie into those main stories that they're really an extension of it um so that's been a lot of fun too yeah i was i was just writing one today for an artist i wanted to work with for a while uh, and so, yeah, seeing that too, just bringing in this high level of people onto the book, uh, has been fun. Oh, so we'll, we'll be seeing, uh, maybe rotating artists on the backups. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Belen is uh, doing uh, this, this first run, um, with Selena and, uh, yeah. Yeah. And the next arc is a, is a new different artist and it's a, a tale set in Batman's past. It kind of deals with all of this. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. It's super fun that they're letting me do all that. Yeah. It's very cool. It, it, it's cool to have the backups be by the, uh, the author of the main story too. Yeah. And I understand like not having that, like part of me feels like I'm a little bit greedy <laughs> taking it all. Um, because, you know, historically other writers have kind of done the backups. Yeah. Um, but a lot of it is just like, oh, I got too much story to tell. And um, uh, I could just kind of slowly kind of, like I said, like kind of parcel it out over my run. Um, but uh, but if I could just have those be part of the backups too and just deliver, you know, deliver the full story every month in the 30 pages, uh, that's what I opted to do. And uh, DC was good with it. So that's nice. So this is the big thing this week, uh, Batman 125, but the yeah. following week is another big one uh, as far as your work goes. We've got yeah. uh, the new number one on, on Daredevil, which I know. something that surprises me is that DC didn't uh, get you onto an exclusive before putting you onto Batman. We still get to keep you on uh, over on Daredevil. I know. It's worked out well for me. Yeah, um, yeah it's and funny. The, ex- the exclusive stuff is... Uh... Like I stopped being ex- exclusive with Marvel um, before the pandemic, um, which enabled me to do, you know, Batman: The Night and all this, and Justice League: Last Ride, um, uh, and and a lot of that is just like I was only ever kind of exclusive with Marvel in one year chunks. Like I, I always kind of like um, uh, push back on signing three, five, ten year deals. Um, I know other writers there have done it because. You know, the security, it makes sense. Like, it's guaranteed work. Um, but I've always just been like, I don't know, play hard to get. I don't know what it is. Like, a fear of commitment. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I only ever did one year exclusive, and then I, I switched to being non-exclusive. Um, just because I just I didn't want to necessarily be tied down. Um, and yeah, with DC, it's like, you know, not to say that they had to talk me to taking Batman, but I was already, my plate was super full. So like when the call came in, I had just signed my Substack deal. 
Um, and the reason they were calling me is because James also just signed a Substack deal and <laughs> could no longer do Batman. So I'm just like, well, how am I going to like write and draw a book every month and uh, do all the Marvel stuff and like the Skybound and Image and all the various projects and do Batman? But after talking to them for a while, I was like, okay, yeah, I. I'll do this. I'd be crazy to not do it. It's like, it's my bucket list title. Like uh, once I do this, I can ride off into the sunset, into the ocean, wherever. Uh, like there's nowhere to go from here. <laughs> further uh, into the woods. <laughs> for, yeah, exactly. For, for further into the woods, deeper, deeper into the woods. My beard gets bigger and bigger. Um, so, um, so it really, I mean, there's no exclusive, like they, they talked to me about, and they talk to me every once in a while about the idea of doing more books with them. Um, especially the further in I get when I start having kind of big level discussions about what's happening in Batman with like other DC creators and uh, kind of formulating a full plan for the line. Um, they, they talk once in a while just about the idea of me doing more books, but I'm just like, why can't? And I, I, I probably will never be able to. So, um, so there's no, there's no sense of signing someone to an exclusive for one book. <laughs> you know, right. that's just, that's just not a thing. Um, uh, I, I might be stupid to uh, not pursue that, but uh, I'm pretty happy. Like I've got like, I've got like 11 projects, um, which is too many projects. And yeah. um, so I, I assume that the way you made everything work is to just stop sleeping and eating. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, almost. <laughs> uh, just wear my diaper and get to work. <laughs> um, I, I mean, a lot of it's just like it's a lot of stuff that I agreed to a long time ago, and uh, are projects that aren't fully done yet. So um, as I as this as this next year progresses, that you know that number eleven is going to go down to like number eight, number six, like like eventually what I want it to be is uh, I'm just doing Batman. I'm just doing uh, Daredevil. That's it for the companies, and um, uh, and and maybe just hopefully just writing and drawing public domain, which is the book I'm doing at Image right now. Yeah, and, yeah. I I wanted to talk about that too. So sure, if anyone yeah. isn't reading public domain, uh, so it, that started on your Substack, but is now being published in physical form by uh, by Image. Yeah. Uh, issue one came out. I think it was yeah, just uh, yeah, just this last week. week yeah. Yeah, yeah they, the, at, at the time we're recording this, this, yeah. this you know week that just ended, and uh, last week at the time that this episode goes out. Uh, so I, I wasn't reading digital. Uh, I'm reading it. Uh, I yeah, have yeah. it on my on my pull for uh, for the physical copy. So I read issue one, uh, and yeah, I I really like that story. It, it just the way that it uh, rings true to real life. It feels yeah. very uh, familiar in aspects of it. Yeah, it feels weird to be uh, working for Marvel and DC at the same time as doing a book that is uh, critical of Marvel and DC. <laughs> but yeah, we don't get specific or anything. So I think I think they, I think both companies understand, you know, their legacy uh, in terms of like how they've treated uh, creators, and, uh, and neither of them have ever done me wrong. Um, but I've seen it happen to friends, and I've seen. You know, I've read the books. Like I know what's happened to the creators of the past. So yeah, still felt like a a a, a, a good place to kind of tell the story. Uh, would you like to do a better job than I could of of telling people what public domain is? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so public domain is uh, about a family, the Dallas family, where um, the father 
who's in his like probably 60s at this point um uh sid dallas he created um a comic book character he was the artist on a comic book where uh that character is now like the biggest thing in pop culture there's movies being made every couple of years um uh but you know he doesn't really see much from that he gets like five grand every time a movie comes out they fly him to the premiere and that's about it but he's he's relatively content and um so the story a lot of it revolves around his sons uh the one son miles is uh kind of adamant that he get what uh he thinks he deserves he should be getting uh and the other brother dave is like dad's happy like just let him uh be who he wants to be um so yeah so there's a tension in this family where the sons are seeing movie posters everywhere for this character while the parents live in their very very modest suburban home um uh and yeah so it's all about those characters um how they interact with the movie stuff the comic stuff um the publisher uh the 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 writer who uh has a bit more fame and notoriety than the artist ever did so yeah so there's, there's clearly parallels between that and like say like marvel dc um uh but mostly it, it's not a condemnation of comic industry i think it's more of a look at pop culture and uh where we get our stories and who owns what and um and and how people are compensated and um how maybe sometimes just creating the thing that people love is enough. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, the, the way you crafted uh, the characters, uh, specifically the, the creators in question uh, for myself, anyway, when I started reading that book, I, I felt immediately familiar with, with those characters. Like, okay, I, I, I feel like I have seen, sort of this scenario in, in real life and i i immediately uh can i can identify with uh who these people are specifically the artist who is largely unsung yeah. and uh yeah. yeah it's well i'm gonna give it a try um <laughs> i added it to my whatever my favorites here on comicology so well, if, if nothing else, we've gotten Grumps reading a bunch of Chip Zdarsky books today. Yeah, <laughs> all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, the um, yeah, yeah like, know, it's hard. There's so many books and so many. You know, yeah. I'm into toys and it's yeah, just... it's a lot. And, um, and yeah, I mean, we'll... public pu- public domain is a book that I've I've just so Grumps knows. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the one that I've written and I've drawn and I've colored and I've lettered. So uh, even if you like my writing, you might hate everything else. <laughs> you 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 t- you talked about being greedy on Batman writing the uh, oh, your yeah, own backups, no. but now you're super yeah. greedy on public domain. You're doing yeah, everything. Yeah, no, Chip is not sharing the market with anyone <laughs> on this one. Well, that's <laughs> funny because, like, mind. you know, it, it it felt super important to be kind of the sole creator on it, um, uh, and own it outright. Obviously, since uh, what the book deals with is is ownership and you know squabbling uh co-creators i didn't necessarily want to bring in another co-creator that i fight with um and it's an idea i've had for a long time and uh my plan was to do it um uh, just straight with image in like 2024 when i could clear my plate um because i haven't drawn anything kind of full-time since uh, sex criminals wrapped but uh but yeah then the subsect thing happened i'm like oh well this is the opportunity and i i should do it now while i can so yeah, 
and now grumps uh you think that you're adding a bunch of books already now you're gonna have to add daredevil to your pull too because <laughs> we talked about a lot of shit happening to bruce wayne a lot of shit has happened to matt murdoch since uh, i did since that the while, of run. while we were talking i did that and i nice. had bought <laughs> i don't know when it was in the beginning of the pan i bought a bunch of daredevil but uh, you know i i my life just got, you know, complicated like everyone else's, yeah, so yeah. I, 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 whatever. Um, Grump, grumpening. But, uh, I definitely want to circle. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> I definitely want to circle back to that because there's a whole bunch of, you know, cool stuff happening. Um, yeah, but, yeah, I mean, this public domain is, is, it seems so interesting and it's funny. Like, anyway, in my opinion, you're working on the biggest character in comics with Batman and then you're writing a book, you know, public domain which <laughs> is uh i mean uh, it's opposite sides of the spectrum right i uh i obviously really enjoy writing you know the marvel and dc characters because they're my childhood favorites and big marquee characters and uh, a big audience but yeah there's something super satisfying about just sitting down and just kind of making up full characters and storylines and worlds kind of on your own you know doing that uh, on my own has been a lot of fun. Doing Stillwater with Ramon Perez has been fun. Newburn with Jacob, like yeah, yeah. Those those are all super satisfying. It's just uh, it's it's interesting given the history of Batman and, and uh, uh, Bob Kane and um, yeah. um, you know Bill Finger and you know the fam and uh, Jerry Robinson and, and you know yeah uh, all the I mean, things these... that you hear about those guys and. Yeah, DC's been, been been historically been quite good. I mean, especially since um, since those days and like kind of the Superman lawsuits and all that stuff. Um, they've been a lot better at uh, um, compensating creators for um, for their creations. Like I, I think it was Neil Adams. Like there was an interview with him where he talked about you know Rachel Gould being in Batman Begins and he got like a hundred grand I think for that. Oh, like. Wow. That's that's nice, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, um, yeah. And, and I think there have been a lot of stories of DC creators where they've been surprised with uh, checks and uh, amounts of things for um, their their creations being used in different media. So yeah, I mean, and these companies like and, and Marvel's been doing uh, better at it lately too. It's like you know they've been hiring uh, a lot of uh, comic people. Um, who have the ties to those characters to consult on the movies and TV shows. So they're mm -hmm. actually getting kind of like kind of salaried kind of positions um, overseeing those, which I, which I think is a great way to handle it. So Chip, is that something that you, you know, maybe in the, in the future would like to see with public domain or, uh, you know, the TV or movie or whatever? Well, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Like, um, so I've got two things kind of in development right now. So uh, one book I do for Image is uh, Newburn, which is a, uh, a crime book I'm doing with Jacob Phillips. And um, that was uh, picked up. Uh, um, I can't say the name of the company, but it was picked up by one of the the streamers. And, cool. uh, um, and, uh, and part of the deal is I got to write the pilot, which is a, a lot of fun, oh, wow. like a, a cool learning experience. And um uh, pay me more than uh, any comics <laughs> ever have, which is always nice. Yeah. Um, so that's that's the other side of it, right? Like you own your own thing, um, you you reap the rewards. Like you know, I've often said, working on sex criminals, um, sex criminals paid for my house, and Marvel paid for my groceries. <laughs> um, 
And so uh, the other thing is um, through comiXology, uh, I work on a book with uh, Jason Lowe called The All-Nighter, which is like a superhero vampire yeah. book. And Amazon Studios is developing that for a TV show oh, as well. Wow. So, so yeah, those things are, I mean, yeah, they're awesome. They're not like where my heart lies. Like I, I think writing that pilot was fun and interesting, but I'd rather do the comics. Um mm. Um, yeah, like there's there's always talks about me doing a, a TV or a movie gig, but I'm just like, yeah, uh, maybe. But like, I'd rather you know sit down and write and draw public domain. Like that's yeah. that's that's the fun part. You don't have to negotiate things with ten other people in a room uh, or be embarrassed by like the final product. You know, I often talk about um, you know a few years ago, uh, Leah Thompson who's the, the star of Howard the Duck, she had an idea to like pitch a Howard the Duck movie to Marvel, because why not? It's the original Marvel movie. Yeah. And, uh, and so I helped her kind of craft a pitch, and we went to L.A., and I went to Marvel Studios, and um, we were presenting the ideas to the producers in the room, and at one point, they were looking at me, and they're like, so yeah, so you do the comics and stuff. Like, um, what do you picture your role is on this? Like, to, like to, write, the, to write the screenplay? And I'm like, no. I'm just, I'm I'm here because this is fun. Like <laughs> this is a, this is a great time. I'd rather do this. Like I don't I don't necessarily want to write like a Howard the Duck movie because then it's like, sure you write it, you get a million notes from people, you rewrite it, uh, someone else comes in and rewrites parts. Maybe you get a bad director, a bad actor, a bad line reading, bad effects. Like I don't know. You have no control over the next steps. Yeah. Whereas like if I'm sitting down, I'm just writing and drawing public domain. Like the only person to let let me down is myself which is there's something nice about that just to just to have it be you or you and a partner like on sex criminals myself and matt uh worked on that together and like i loved his writing and you know he tolerated my art and it was like it was it was great it was a lot of fun to make that because we didn't have to answer to anyone like even image like no one at image ever told us like to not do a thing or not tell a joke like you just you made what you wanted to make and you put it out there people bought it great Yeah, and uh, obviously, Sex Criminals did quite well for you. Uh, Sex Criminals won, uh, you know, got Eisner's and nominations and well, the Harvey Award, maybe if I remember right. Yeah, it uh, did pretty well for you guys. Yeah, no, it was it was a it was a crazy year. Like it was Time Magazine's Comic of the Year, yeah. and wow. it was like number one New York Times bestseller. It was like it was such a surreal thing because it was my first big comics gig, and it was just like I worked at a newspaper the whole year. I was working on that. Uh, first volume and to have it take off like that and then open the doors of Marvel was just um, just icing on the cake. It was great. And now we we're talking about all these uh, all these things that we've been working on. So I want to touch on the fact that when you were talking about having moved to the forest, yeah. all I can picture with you being in the forest is the issue of crossover that you did where you were (laughs) basically hiding in the forest. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So I, I I don't assume that Donnie had to try very hard to get you to do uh, that issue of crossover. No, I mean like uh, uh, he asked me kind of as a favor. Um, They, they needed somebody to come in and and write it and, uh, and Phil uh, to draw it um, um, because of some scheduling uh, issues. And uh, he'd already set up the idea that, uh, you know, Chip Zdarsky, in quotes, 
um, was missing <laughs> in his comic. So would you like to write the story of, of you being missing? I was like, well, yeah, like that sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> and it was, yeah, very surreal, but it was fun. Yeah, it was like, it was like a therapy you, session. Yeah, it, it was a, a cool, fun issue of the run uh, with you, the like sort of the quote real you encountering like the meta, like the comic you uh, amidst uh, this you know, event where someone is hunting and murdering comic creators. Yeah. So yeah. it's a it's, yeah. it's a really fun book, uh, Grumps. You're gonna have to check yeah. that one out too. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's a lot on your reading list, Grumps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Busy. Fortunately, they all fit in my phone. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. Have we uh, have we taken up enough uh, enough of uh, of Chip's time here? I think. I mean, uh, I, I, I'm surprised my forest internet has held out as long as it has. <laughs> yeah, it's been pretty good. We uh, we are quite blessed. But uh, <laughs> two, two cups on a string, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. So we we went all through issue one this week at that the time that you're hearing this. But you know, hopefully, if you are listening, you already read Batman twenty five, or else, oh Jesus, you know, oh, geez, we just yeah. ruined it for you. But uh, yeah, spoilers. Uh, but Batman one twenty five is out now. Next week is Daredevil number one. Uh, Batman the Night is what are we at five five issues yeah, it, six issues five I think six. issue six has come out. Issue seven is next. Yeah, and that's, that's if, the way that's the way numbers work. Yeah, yeah, something. <laughs> and uh, if you miss the beginning of this, if you if you collect if you collect more uh, physical copies than digital's, uh, the first couple issues sold out pretty quick. But DC put out one of those compendium issues that collect the first three issues into one book. So uh, yeah. you should still be able to find that at your comic shop. Uh, I I can't recommend the night enough. Uh, as I said at, right off the top, it's a Batman story that we know happened, but no one has ever written it before so uh, yeah. it's a cool era of bruce's life that uh, that you haven't seen before so yeah. check out the night check out batman 25 125 daredevil Stillwater, uh public domain <laughs> chip is all over your comic shops and now he's all over grumps's phone <laughs> no. oh, <sorry. laughs> uh, is there anything else you want to say before we uh, let you get back? Uh, you know, maybe you got to go chop down a tree or something. <laughs> oh God, I wish I was that manly. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean that's it. I think you guys have covered it all. Uh, yeah, I hope everyone enjoys Batman One Twenty Five and uh, and Batman One Twenty Six is uh, even better. I think. Awesome. Well, we appreciate it so much. Thank you for the time. Uh, thank you, you You've given us here, and yeah, thank you for. You're giving us a lot of a lot of great stuff to read and to look at, uh, and you know, all the appreciation for that as well. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks so much, all Chip. Right. You have a great night, and we will chat with you soon. And right. thank you, everyone, for listening. That was Bat Force Radio with Chip Zdarsky, and we will see you next time. Bye.